And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's October 24th, 297th day of the year. 68 days remain till this year's over with. Maybe next year will be better. Holidays and observances that you all asked me to cover. Um, my best winter skin day. Disarmament week. Jan uh, Mustav of Slimatna. Uh, that's the um, honoring the legacy and spirit of the founder of the Assamese culture. National Bologna Day. One of my favorite. National Elizabeth Day. National Food Day, National Jamaican Jerk Day, I know a couple of Jamaican jerks, National Kangaroo Awareness Day, National Senior UD Awareness Day, UTI that is, Um, United Nations Day, Vigila Dashami, uh, the 10th and last day of the, the Durga Puja, World Development Information Day, World Polio Day. World Tripe Day, Zambia Independence Day. You know, I've been watching all this stuff on the news, all these demonstrations and carrying on. thing that I find the most interesting, the instigators and the leaders of most of these demonstrations are loudmouth females who want to go to uh, live on the... The Islamic rule, they don't stop to think that in Islamic culture, females nine times out of ten are seen and not heard. You will be wearing the hajib, and uh, you won't be leading any demonstrations anymore. And a lot of people have destroyed their futures, like... uh, the head of the uh, the student organization at I think it was Harvard and you know, one of the the big law schools just lost her her position and had her offer from a major firm canceled for being anti-Israel and pro-Hamas And they may think there's standing up for justice and truth and all this other silliness. And all they're doing is trying to get themselves known. And it's costing them. It's costing them dearly. And nobody is going to step up and say, oh, come work for us. They're going to have their own individual practice. And if you do like me and stand up for principle, they're going to screw you. Okay, all that having been said, in A.D. 69, in the Second Battle of Bedriacum, troops loyal to Vespasian defeat those of Emperor Vitellius. 1260, Charles Cathedral, oh, excuse me, Chartres Cathedral is dedicated in the presence of King Louis IX of France. 1360, the Treaty of Bretigny is ratified, marking the end of the first phase of the Hundred Years' War. 1590, John White, the governor of the Second Roanoke Colony, returns to England after an unsuccessful search for the lost colonists. Never found a clue as to what happened to him. Still don't know. 
1596, the second Spanish Armada set sail to strike against England, but smashed by storms off Cape Finisterre, forcing a retreat to port. 1641, Philemon O'Neill of Canard, the leader of the Irish Rebellion, issues his proclamation of Dungannon, justifying the uprising and declaring the continued loan of the King Charles I of England. Remember, Charles I is the one that got his head cut off. 1648, Peace of Westphalia signed, marking the end of the Thirty Years' War and the Eighty Years' War. 1795, Poland is completely consumed by Russia, Prussia, and Austria. 1812, Napoleonic Wars, the Battle of Melo-Yarsovet takes place near Moscow. Malo Yar Oslovets. 1851, William LaSalle discovers the moon's embryol and areol, orbiting Uranus. 1857, Sheffield FC, the world's oldest association football club still in operation, is founded in England. 1861, the first transcontinental telegraph line across the U.S. is completed. 1871, an estimated 17 to 22 Chinese immigrants uh, are lynched in Los Angeles, California. 1889, Henry Parks delivers the Tenterfield Oration, effectively starting the Federation process in Australia. 1900, U.S. government announces plans to buy Danish West Indies for $7 million. Man, they, they're big shots with all the taxpayer money. 1901, Ann Edis, Ed, Edson Taylor becomes the first person to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. I understand she did it on a dare and supposed to be paid a large sum of money that she never got. 1902, Guatemala's Santa Maria volcano begins to erupt, becoming the third largest eruption in the 20th century. 1911, Orville Wright remains in the air 9 minutes and 45 seconds in the glider to Kill Devil's Hill, North Carolina. 1912, First Balkan War, Battle of Kirk. Khaleesi concludes with the Bulgarian victory over the Ottoman Empire. Also in 1912, the First Balkan War, the Battle of Kumanovo concludes with the Serbian victory against the Ottoman Empire. They were not having a good year. 1917, World War I, Italy suffers a disastrous defeat at the Battle of Caporetto on the Austrian-Italian front. 1918, World War I, Italian victory in the Battle of Vittorio Veneto. 1926, Harry Houdini's last performance takes place at the Garrick Theater in Detroit. 1929, Black Thursday on the New York Stock Exchange. And for those who are not familiar with what Black Thursday was, also known as the Wall Street Crash in 1929, also known as the Great Crash, or the Crash of 29, a major American stock market crash that occurred in the autumn of 1929. started in September when share prices on the New York Stock Exchange collapsed and ended in mid-November. Pivotal role of the 1920s high-flying bull market and a subsequent catastrophic collapse of the New York Stock Exchange in late 29 is often highlighted in explanations of the causes of the worldwide Great Depression. It was the most devastating stock market crash in the history of the U.S., um, mostly associated with October 24, 1929, which is called Black Thursday, the day of the largest selling off of shares in U.S. history, and October 29, 1929, called Black Tuesday, when investors traded 16 million shares on the New York Stock Exchange in a single day. And that crash, which followed the London Stock Market Exchange's crash in September, signaled the beginning of the Great Depression. 
1930, a bloodless coup d'etat. Brazil ends the First Republic, replacing it with the Vargas era. 1931, George Washington Bridge opens to public traffic over the Hudson River. 1944, World War II, Japan's center force is temporarily repulsed on the Battle of Leyte Gulf. 1945, the United Nations Charter comes into effect. 1946, a camera on board the V-2 number 13 rocket takes the first photograph of Earth from outer space. 1947, famed animator Walt Disney testified before the House Un-American Activities Committee naming Disney employees he believes to be communist. Mickey Mouse is lucky he didn't get arrested. 1949, Cornerstone United Nations Headquarters is laid. 1954, President Eisenhower pledges U.S. support to South Vietnam. 1957, U.S. Air Force starts the X-20 dinosaur uh, crewed uh, space program. 1960, Nettleman catastrophe. An, AR, an R-16 ballistic missile explodes on the launch pad at the Soviet Union's Balkonur Cosmodrome space facility, killing over 100 folks, including Field Marshal Mitrofan Nutterlin. 1963, an oxygen leak from an R-9 Desna missile at the Balkonur Cosmodrome triggers a fire that kills seven people. 1964, Northern Rhodesia gets, gains independence from the United Kingdom and comes Zambia. 1975, in Iceland, 90% of women take part in national strike, refusing to work in protest of gender, gender inequality. 1980, the government of Poland legalizes the Solidarity Trade Union. 1986, Nizar Hendawe is sentenced to 45 years in prison. That's the longest sentence handed down by a British court for the attempted bombing of an LL flight at Heathrow Airport. Now, the, it's known as the Hendawi Affair. Um, failed attempt to bomb an LRL flight uh, 016 from London to Tel Aviv in April of 86 uh, by Nizar Nawaf al-Mansur al-Hendawi, a Jordanian citizen. Um, he had 3.3 pounds of Simtex and a bag of Anne-Marie Murphy, uh, Five-month pregnant Irish woman attempting to board a flight, along with 375 other passengers. Um, Israeli security guards working for El Al found it. In addition, a functioning calculator in the bag was found to be a time-triggering device. She claimed she didn't know what the contents were. She'd be given the bag by her fiancé, Nazar Hendawi, a Jordanian. Murphy maintained Hindawi sent her on the flight for the purpose of meeting his parents before marriage. Well, Hindawi was arrested the following day after he surrendered to police, found guilty by the Central Criminal Court of England and Wales, and he appealed. The Lord Chief Justice upheld the sentence, saying, Put briefly, this is about as foul and as horrible a crime as could possibly be imagined. It's no thanks to this applicant that his plot didn't succeed in destroying 360 or 370 lives in an effort to promote one side of a political dispute by terrorism. And that's pretty much what terrorism is. It's one side of a dispute trying to settle the issue with any means possible. Nineteen ninety, Italian Prime Minister 
Giulio Andreotti reveals to the Italian Parliament the existence of Giadio, the Italian NATO force uh, formed in 1956, intended to be activated in the event of a Warsaw Pact invasion. 1992, the Toronto Blue Jays become the first Major League Baseball team based outside the U.S. to win the World Series. 1998, Deep Space One is launched to explore the asteroid belt and test new spacecraft technologies. 2003, Concorde makes its last commercial flight. 2004, Arsenal Football Club loses to Manchester United, ending a row of unbeaten matches at 49 matches, which is the record in the Premier League. 2005, Hurricane Wilma makes landfall in Florida, resulting in 35 direct and, 25 and 26 indirect fatalities and causing $20.6 billion in damages. That's in 2005 damage, uh, dollars. 2007, Chang'e 1, the first satellite in the Chinese Lunar Exploration Program, is launched from Chang Satellite Launch Center. 2008, Bloody Friday saw many of the world's stock exchanges experience the worst declines in their history. Drops of about 10% in most indices. 2014, the China National Space Administration launches an experimental lunar mission, Chang'e 5T1, which will loop behind the moon and return to Earth. 2015, a driver crashes into the Oklahoma State Homecoming Parade, killing four and injuring 34. And in 2016, French surveillance aircraft flying to Libya crashes on takeoff in Malta, killed all five people on board. Well, it's, it's interesting to note that everybody believes, I mean, let's face it, it's romantic to be an activist, to fight the system to raise your hand in the power salute and lead your people. And every loony I've ever dealt with, and I've dealt with a number in my time, have thought they were the leader of their people. But when push comes to shove, their people want nothing to do with them. And the, uh, the unfortunate thing is, the loudmouth leaders of these demonstrations and now, keep in mind, 90% of the people at a demonstration, I don't care what they're screaming, don't really know why they're there. It's a, something to do. They're with their friends. They'll go drinking after it's over. Just have a great time. But at the end of the day, it, it's like all the communist demonstrations when I was in school many moons ago. None of those people want to live under the system that they were advocating for. In Argentina, college graduates are sent to the fields to work. The government doesn't want them influencing people with their strange ideas. Uh, socialism. A lot of the people leading the charge have never had to work a day in their life. Mama and daddy supporting them. But under socialism, everybody's got the same, theoretically, except the people at the top. So, you know, the people that are advocating for all these things should be required to live under that system and then say if that's what they want. 
<sighs> what a world, what a world. Well, we're going to go back to talking about the occult, which is something I started a while back before I gave in to request and moved to other things. Well, the word occult it's got connotations of evil and Satanism and magic and all that. But actually, the word simply means hidden. Let's talk about Toth and magic and Hermes, Trismegistus. He's a mythical figure, also said to be an ancient prophet. But the figure of Hermes Trismegistus is shrouded in mystery. He founded uh, Hermeticism. And Toth, which is one of the the deities of this uh, school of thought, is actually the, an Egyptian god depicted as a baboon. Now, Hermes Trismegistus is, a, as I said, a mythical, mystical, mythical figure revered by many as an ancient prophet who shared his knowledge of alchemy and the occult sciences through his writings in the ancient world. But if you want to know the truth about this figure, you ought to look back in the furthest reaches of uh, ancient Egyptian myth. <coughs> Draw together the seeds of the legends of became a man. Ritual and religion pervaded every part of life in ancient Egypt. Plethora of exotic and unusual gods and goddesses made up their pantheon, worshipped as masters of the natural world. And while gods were many, worship in this uh, ancient uh, religion focused on the, the king as an intermediary between the people and the divine. But ancient texts hidden for centuries in tombs and secret underground uh, locations now been unearthed. And these texts show how people beseeched the gods and gave offerings to them to ask them for their blessing and help in literally everything. The gods ruled over natural phenomena, the astral bodies, and all the aspects of daily life. Each deity was seen as a, a knowable force, so depicted symbolically in ancient art with different animals and objects and signs to represent these characteristics and convey the true nature of the god in question. And during the Middle Kingdom, Golden Age, Osiris, the god of the dead, was one of the most important deities in the pantheon. Others included Isis, who uh, offered help to the dead and ruled magical healing and protection. She's linked with baking and weaving and brewing and associated with the sky was then Horus. A falcon-headed god with the moon as his left eye and the sun as his right. Linked with Horus and having the falcon as a symbol is Ra, the creator god. Would travel across the sky each day in his barge, carrying the sun. Uh, at night he would travel to the underworld. And this explained the darkness to everybody who uh, knew this particular story. 
from the Old Kingdom, which is about 3700 uh, to 2150 B.C. onwards. Uh, Toth was a god of wisdom, writing and hieroglyphics, as well as... Uh, Keep losing my papers here. Knowledge and calculations. Very much thought to maintain equilibrium within the universe. Said to stand at the side of Ra's solar barge as it traveled across the sky, his wife mocked. Stood on the opposite side. Thomas played an important role in Egyptian mythology, and while his worship was most prominent in the city of uh, Kaminu, uh, also called Hermopolis by the Greeks, the city of Hermes, or the city of the sun god. He was worshipped in many areas of Egypt. The figure of Toth developed greatly over time, and he later became a mediator between the deities, overseeing battles between good and evil, as well as becoming associated with magic and religion and philosophy and science, was credited with giving movement to the astral bodies. The role of the gods in ancient Egypt uh, differs somewhat to uh, the gods in other traditions. The, Egyptian, the Egyptians didn't just tell stories to explain the world, but uh, express their views of the reality through the relationship between divine forces and how they interact. That's where the gods come in. Each deity represented an area of divinity uh, or force, rather than uh, being seen as individual entities in the same way as people. Gods can be combined in a composite deity, becoming an amalgam of forces and symbolism. Sometimes one god was even said to exist within another deity when one deity displayed the tendencies of another god or took on a similar role. Often the gods would be grouped by shared traits, although others combined to highlight how some forces opposed other forces. One example of this is Amun, the invisible, all-pervading creator being combined with Ra the god of the sun and the source of its power and energy to create Amun-Ra, who bridged both of these aspects. Toth is linked to the moon, and one specific aspect of him is uh, the moon god, Ia Duherty, sometimes depicted with a crescent moon and lunar disk on his head because of this association. In this particular form, he uh, appears as a, a man with the head of an ibis, with the focus of commanding times and seasons. Takes the head of a baboon when his focus is equilibrium and balance as uh, the god uh, An. As Sheps, he takes the head of a hawk. As Mendes, the head of a, a bull. When depicted in more general terms, he takes the form of um, an ibis entirely. He's seen a self-created god as who calculated the creation of the heavens and Indeed, as the tongue and heart of Ra directed a solar barge across the skies, giving Ra mental reasoning and the speech with which to enact his will. Well, by the 12th century B.C., Egypt had uh, faced centuries of unrest and battle against the uh, Hittites. Political chaos ensued. Never truly regained its strength, a wave of Hellenization reached the Shores of Egypt at the end of the 4th century B.C. after the conquest of Alexander the Great. Egyptian people resisted uh, as Ptolemy, a Macedonian Greek general, was stated as king. 
modeling himself on the Egyptian pharaohs of old. You know, Greek ideas entered the country after the conquest, and, a, and they had a profound impact on the Egyptian religious life. King Ptolemy I introduced the worship of new gods in order to unify the two opposing traditions of the Egyptian people and their Greek rulers. Called the Interpretation Gracia. Greek gods and myths were equated with those of other religions as an easy way to understand the invading culture. It was easily accepted by the Egyptians who were already used to combining their deities as one. Egyptian Osiris and Apis grew into the New Serapis, a figure joining Greek appearance and Egyptian religions, uh, uh, religious ideas. This god was used as a more or less a poster boy for the uh, Greek integration as the king took a pre-existing belief and capitalized on it, morphing the god into an amalgam of the two and spreading this worship throughout Egypt for his own ends. The ancient Egyptian god Thoth didn't escape this fate as he too was a victim of the attempt to um, at integration. Top became associated with the Greek god Hermes as the two ruled over similar forces in the universe. Now Hermes was the Greek god of travelers. Doorways, boundaries, and their transgression. As well as uh, herds and sheep and gymnastics. But he is most famously known as being an emissary and messenger of the gods. Toth was also uh, been called a messenger. Some downplayed this uh, role and focus on the aspect as a scribe. It's understandable. Huh? Some would equate the concepts of messenger and acting as an intermediary, particularly with both figures uh, grounded in diplomacy and equilibrium. Hermes is usually depicted as a with a cap, winged boots, and a caracayon, a a caduceus or a herald staff as a symbol of peace. Often he's wearing a robe or a cape, only later develop into the naked youth we know today. Strangely, Hermes is also known for magic, as his helmet was said to conceal him, and it was he who gave a magical plant to the Odysseus to protect him from Circe. In the Hellenistic period, after the death of Alexander the Great in 323 B.C., Hermes grew in popularity and his feats became embellished and even more celebrated. Some have suggested that uh, as emissary and messenger, the god was viewed as able to mediate between worlds. The seen and the unseen, and because of this, his spirit of influence might have extended into divination and magic, like the Egyptian god Thoth. Soon the two gods had been uh, completely conflated through the interpretation uh, Gracia and seen as one god and by the uh, mid first century AD Thoth was often referred to as thrice great stemming from the Egyptian idea of composite deities with many aspects while the exact meaning of thrice, uh, thrice great is still unknown we understand that he was important personification of the mind of God and the God who organizes and directs all governing forces of the known universe. The veneration of this God was uh, some of the greatest in the land. Might go some way to explaining such a grand epitaph. Most attribute the first instances of this name as 
appearing in the writings of Artenagoras of Athens and in a fragment from Plato, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Philo of Biblios. Others take this back to Egyptian cult texts from the 2nd century B.C. You know, this threefold aspect of Thoth and his association with Hermes and the composite and complex figure of Hermes uh, Trismegistus was born. 10th century uh, Suda, Byzantine Encyclopedia, explains that the Hermes was given the name of Trismegistus because there was one divine nature within the Trinity. We... I guess we can view this in a similar way to how Christianity has the divine trilogy of God. And that's God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, who are all separate and yet integral. Hermes uh, Trismegistus was patron of philosophy, alchemy, magic, astrology, and credited as the instigator of one of the most mystical philosophies known to date. Historically, many consider Hermes Trismegistus as a, to be an actual figure, a, a prophet, a contemporary of Abraham. But there's only one thing for certain. The figure of Hermes Trismegistus is shrouded in mystery, but credited with passing down sacred and ritual knowledge. Some say he wandered the lands of Egypt before even the time of Moses. Others believe he was a contemporary of Abraham, passing on sacred knowledge to him. Others considered him a one of a long line of prophets passing from the one truth, the Prisca theology from God, in the same vein as the Persian Zoroaster. Some believe he's the ancestor of the prophet Muhammad himself. Hermes Trismegistus is believed to be the author of countless texts conveying ancient wisdom. Many say he's the author of the 42 books previously credited to Toth. While Plato mentioned a hall containing 9,000 years of ancient wisdom at the Temple of Neith at Salis in the Nile Delta. And some of these texts are collectively referred to as the uh, Hermetica, which detailed knowledge of magic, the universe, and the mind in the form of a dialogue between a master and a student. Indeed, the master was Hermes Trismegistus himself. This body of work became the basis of Hermeticism, dealing with magical plants and gemstones and making talismans and summoning spirits with astrology and drawing down of the stars. One of the most important Hermetica texts was the Aselphius, which explained how to trap demons and spirits inside statues. While his Pomandris uh, from the Corpus Hermeticum detailed the creation of the world by the Son of God, uh, known as the Word, reminiscent of the biblical Genesis. These texts are generally thought to originate between 100 and 300 uh, A.D. and can be divided, actually divided into two types, those dealing with philosophy and those dealing with magic. Hermeticism uh, focused on using uh, magical religious practices to trans transcend the uh, constraints of the physical body. And these teachings became popular through the Hellenistic period, linked to Platonism and Stoicism with an element of Jewish and Persian influences and some revival with the alchemy of the Middle Ages right through the Renaissance. Now various legends about the comings and goings of Hermes Trismegistus have been developed over the centuries. Some say he appeared in Islamic literature in the form of the prophet Idris, 
with his writings being recorded by uh, Ikhwan at Safa, a secret society of Muslim philosophers translated as the Brethren of Purity. Others go so far as to claim that he traveled from Egypt to visit advanced races living in outer space and even to heaven itself before returning to earth, also credited with building the pyramids at Giza. The Emerald Tablet sheds light on these beliefs. It is seen as one of the foundations of hermetic practice written by Hermes Transmagistus himself. The tablet is associated with the secret of the Prima Materia and the Philosopher's Stone. And although the origin of the tablet's murky, many believe it's another example of a source credited with being older than it actually is. In reality, the first reference to it is an Arabic text dating to between the 6th and 8th centuries uh, B.C. The book of Balinus the Wise on the causes, uh, legend tells us that the tablet was found in the arms of a corpse seated on a golden throne under a statue of Hermes in Tirana. The tablet wasn't translated into Latin until the 12th century B.C., and a translation was found amongst uh, Isaac Newton's papers. It was picked up extensively by later mystical scholars. And while the belief that the text, and indeed the figure of Hermes Transmagistus, was ancient, uh, an analysis by Isaac uh, Casabon in the 17th century examined the language used and revealed that were indeed much later than believed and couldn't have been written by the mystical prophet. That opinion, of course, has been challenged by many. In conclusion, it seems that the texts attributed to the ancient prophet were Egyptian Greek texts written by multiple authors from the 1st to the 2nd century A.D. and even after that period, incorporating beliefs and texts from much earlier Egyptian traditions linked to the god Thoth and Indeed, updated to incorporate uh, Greek ideas. Initially, for the political aim of social integration and acceptance of a new branch of rulers in Egypt, the figure of Hermes Trismegistus did indeed act as a much-needed historical basis for tradition and drew together the disparate ideas, packaging them as a coherent belief system with a central figure. While the validity of Hermes Trismegistus and his writings are highly questionable and an absolute falsehood for most scholars. There is certainly no doubt it's, his influence has reached far and wide across continents and across history to capture the imagination of a lot of folks and create a mystical tradition that countless people still adhere to today. In other words, a lot of it may or may not be valid. Now, the, the gods of Egypt were many. In fact, it was almost 1,500 deities known by name, and many of them combined with each other and shared characteristics. But I'm going to give you some of the more important. There was Ra, god of the sun, Egypt's most important uh, sun god, also known as uh, Kepthri when rising, Aten when uh, setting, and Aten for the solar disk. As the main creator deity, uh, he's also produced twin gods, Shu and Tefnut. Then is Geb, god of the earth, grandson of Ron, son of Shu and Tefnut. Green-skinned Geb represented the earth and was usually uh, shown reclining, stretched out beneath his sister-wife Nut. Then there's Nut, who was the goddess of the sky, granddaughter of Ra, um, 
the sky goddess, whose uh, star-spangled body formed the heavens, held above her brother Geb by their father Shu, the god of air. Then there's Isis, goddess of motherhood and magic. She was a daughter of Geb and Nut. Uh, the perfect mother eventually became Egypt's most important deity. More clever than a million gods and more powerful than a thousand soldiers was what was said of her. Then, of course, there's Osiris, god of resurrection and fertility. He was Isis's brother-husband, killed by his brother Seth, only to be resurrected by Isis to become lord of the underworld and the god of new life and fertility. And there was Ptah, god of creation and craftsmen, creator god and patron of craftsmen, whose uh, temple at Memphis, known as the House of Tassol, is the origin of the word Egypt. And there's Toth, god of learning in the moon. As the the ibis-headed god of um, wisdom and patron of scribes, he invented writing and brought knowledge to humans. The curved beak represented the crescent moon, and his main cult center was Hermopolis. And there was Neith, goddess of creation. As a primal creator deity, represented by her symbol of crossed arrows and shield, she was warlike, mistress of the bow, worshipped at her cult center of Saïs in the Delta. There's Amun, god of Thebes, initially the local god of Thebes, whose name means uh, the hidden one. Amun was uh, combined with the sun god Ra to become Amun-Ra, king of the gods and Egypt's state deity. And was Hathor, goddess of love and beauty and motherhood, often represented as a cow or a woman with cow ears. She symbolized pleasure and joy and, and as a nurturing deity protected both the living and the dead. And it was Sekhmet, goddess of destruction. The lioness goddess controlled the forces of destruction and was the protector of the king in battle. Her small and more kindly form was Bastet, the cat goddess, protector of the home. And there's Horus, god of kingship. When his father Osiris became lord of the underworld, Horus succeeded him as king on earth, became the god with whom every human pharaoh was then identified. And there's Seth, god of storms and chaos, represented as a composite mystical creature. It was a turbulent god who killed his brother Osiris, only to be defeated by Osiris' son and avenger Horus, who, of course, was helped by Isis. Then there's Nephthys, goddess of protection, fourth child of Gab and Nut. Uh, Nephthys was partnered with her brother Seth, but uh, most often accompanied by her sister uh, Isis as uh, twin protectors of the king and the dead. Then there's Anubis, god of embalming and the dead. The black jackal god. Anubis was the guardian of cemeteries and the god of embalming who helped uh, judge the dead before leading their souls to the afterlife. And there's Tolaret, goddess of the home and childbirth. Um, was shown as a knife-wielding hippopotamus goddess who guarded the home, a protective women and children who was invoked during childbirth to scare away evil forces. And there's Bess, god of the home and childbirth. Bess was a dwarf-like god of the household who protected women and children alongside Tolaret. 
like her carrying knives for protection. In his case, he carried uh, musical instruments for pleasure. Now, keep in mind, gods could be portrayed in animal or human form or as a human with an animal's head. There's any number of ways the Egyptians uh, portrayed their gods. Then we have Mat, goddess of truth and justice. This was the deity who kept the universe in balance. Mat symbols an ostrich feather against which the hearts of the dead were weighed and judged in order to achieve eternal life. Now, the Egyptians greatly respected the natural world, particularly animals whose spirits... Uh, were worshipped as divine. With the Egyptians' earliest known uh, art representing uh, animals alongside humans, various uh, creatures were placed in human burials as early as uh, 4000 B.C. And relationship was a fundamental part of Egyptians' uh, evolving religion. Now, gods can be portrayed entirely as an animal or in human form. Anthropomorphic, I think, is the word. With an animal's head, as imitated by a masked priest. A lot of deities also had a sacred creature which was worshipped in life, then mummified at death. Most important of these was the Aphis bull of Memphis, believed to house the soul of the creator god Ta. When alive, it was uh, then worshipped as the underworld god. Osiris, after its death, when the next bull was selected to continue the cycle. Other sacred bulls and cows were worshipped elsewhere in Egypt, while other animal cults, including the sacred crocodiles of Sobek, representing the power of the king, and the sacred uh, rams of the creator god uh, Kun. There were the, uh, also the uh, ibis and baboons representing the god Thoth, and the cat sacred to the feline deity Bastet. Such creatures were mummified in their millions as uh, physical manifestations of the divine and the symbols of Egypt, uh, Egypt's devotion to its uh, creators and its creatures. Well, interestingly enough, Research shows that gods of words and writing are often also gods of magic. And up until the Greek culture pervaded Egyptian life, writing and literacy were considered secret knowledge kept only for priests and scribes. Thoth was often considered to have created writing and languages as a scribe of the gods, a responsibility shared with the goddess of Sheshet. Um, he was seen as the lord of books. He was a powerful wordsmith. Many gods linked to the art of writing are also gods of magic. Odin, the chief god of North mythology, was a god of wisdom, healing, and magic, and credited with uncovering the wisdom of the runes. Said to practice the secret art of cellar magic and sorcery, and was the god who uncovered the wisdom of the runes by hanging himself in the branches of the world tree, Yggdrasil. He also pierced himself with a spear as a sacrifice in order to call up the runes from the well of the norms. Runes uh, formed the alphabet used by the Vikings for writing magical charms, once more showing a bit of link between writing and moving between the worlds and magic and the same powers uh, yielded by uh, Thoth. Now, what's interesting, the book of Thoth was said to have been written by the god himself. Thoth have actually been a collection of texts, 42 books to be exact, in six categories. 
said they contain all the philosophical knowledge of the Egyptian people. The work uh, is referenced, uh, referred to by Clement of Alexandria at the end of the 2nd century uh, A.D., who attributes the work to Hermes. The, uh, the books were thought to have been translated into Greek and updated with Greek ideals. It said the books covered the laws and the deities and priestly instruction, instructions for how to serve the gods, knowledge of the geography of the world and writing and astrology and astronomy, religious compositions, and finally knowledge of medicine. And while some have tried to include the Book of the Dead as part of the Book of Thoth, this was never accepted by the majority since he was only credited with writing part of it. An account of a fictional Book of Thoth appears to a in the Ptolemaic period, and states that it contains a spell to understand the language of animals and other perceive the pantheon of deities. A copy was recently kept in a series of locked boxes guarded by serpents and hidden at the bottom of the Nile. And an Egyptian pre, um, prince once stole the book, and in retribution, Thoth killed his wife and son, leading the, uh, the prince to commit suicide. Many years later, another man is seduced into killing his own children after stealing the book but it turns out to be an illusion to shame him into returning it. Well, he returns it only to find the bodies of the prince's wife and son, which he buries. Well, what this tale teaches is that uh, humans are not meant to have the knowledge of the gods. And that may well be true, because we sure have some lunatics. You know, interestingly enough, there's even a tarot deck that's known as the uh, Thoth Tarot published by Ordo Templi Orantis in 1969 after both of the creators had passed away cards were painted by Lady Frieda Harris based on the mythical instructions from Aleister Crowley and paired with the with his book on the deck the book of Thoth written between 1938 and 1943 Depictions on each of the cards are inspired by various mythical systems as well as philosophy and science in the attempt to uh, reinvigorate and reinterpret their traditional meanings, as is encouraged for all initiates to the Order of the Golden Dawn as part of their spiritual journey. Crowley changed many of the major arcana names as well as uh, renaming pages and to princes and knights to princes in the court cards. Another major difference in the deck is that he modified the uh, corresponding Hebrew letters and astrological associations of the cards based on his own reading of their symbolism in uh, line with his uh, teachings in his Book of the Law. Also gave a title to each of the minor Akarna cards while the accompanied book uh, is meant to act somewhat as an instruction manual. Crowley's deck is infamous for its mystic nature and inaccessibility for the uninitiated. Alistair Crowley was an interesting character. You know, a lot of folks believe in signs. And a lot of that came from the uh, Hermetica. But people see signs in everything, including animal entrails. Ancient Romans searched through the bodies of sacrificed animals to see what the future held. And the ancient Etruscans developed an advanced civilization in Italy before the Roman Empire, possessing sophisticated forms of art and culture, and no different when it came to divination. 
one practice that became popular with the ancient Etruscans was uh, aerospacy. In fact, it was so popular that this with art and culture, the mission made its way to ancient Rome. Well, with the practice of tracing, with the practice tracing all the way back to at least the third millennium BC, uh, Horospects, somebody trained in Horospice, uh, could predict the future by reading omens found in the entrails of animals like sheep and poultry. To interpret the divine, they would ritually slaughter livestock as a sacrifice, and then butcher it, examine the size and shape and color and markings of the animal's internal or uh, organs. Primarily the liver, but also the gallbladder, heart, lungs, and then roast the meat, uh, sharing a sacred meal with the celebrants. Sacrifice usually took place during ceremonies where the sun god could influence the entrails' appearance. In fact, it's believed the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Le Beckett, consulted a Harrispex before an expedition against Brittany. You know, Harrispices could change would charge people to ask a question to which they'd be able to answer yes or no by studying the entrails, weighing up the positive and negative omens and seeing which one prevailed. As divination was a trust and elaborate practice, uh, Harrispices uh, had to undergo extremely specialized training in order to be taken seriously. A manual called the Brutu, or the Art of the Diviner, was circulated from about 600 B.C. or earlier and took up to... Uh, 135 clay tablets. Well, after the practice, which was directly um, derived from the Etruscan religion, was adopted by the Romans, it became popular in both Christian aspostates and pagans and continued to be regularly used well into the Middle Ages. The Babylonians are also famous for it, which is mentioned in the book of Ezekiel 21.21. For the king of Babylon standeth at the parting of the way at the head of the two ways, to use divination, he shaketh the arrows to and fro. He inquired of the seraphim, he looketh at the liver. In modern society, slaughtering your own livestock is often frowned on, so uh, divinettes have been known to uh, substitute the sacrificial animal for eggs, instead cracking them open and examining the insides. It's believed that ancient uh, Harrispices used to read the entrails of animals because it was a lot more ceremonious and solemn than cracking an egg and Presenting the findings. You know, another interesting little fact I came across. Uh, you know, December 25th, which we have as the uh, birthday of Christ, is actually the birthday of Saul Invictus, the unconquered sun. The official sun god of the later Roman Empire and a, a patron of Roman soldiers. You know, unfortunately, from the days of the Romans... Uh, the Italian military is a mere shadow of what it used to be. Well, I've known a lot of people in my time who had a real passion for learning. And the passion for knowledge and how to use it led thinkers deep into a mysterious world of the boundaries between nature, supernature, uh, supernature and religion were far from clear. 15th, 16th centuries, the Western and Near Eastern worlds were home to three major religions. Christianity, Islam, Judaism. All had their intellectual elites with their own convictions about the cosmos and man's place in it. 
There also existed a multifaceted paganism, which saw the world as populated with an array of spirit beings and beneficent malign who constantly intervened in the lives of humans. All thinking per, uh, participants in this uh, rainbow-hued spe uh, speculation had one thing in common. They all agreed that life had meaning. Scholars of these great religions might have continued to work within their own traditions were it not for a series of events at the, in the uh, century 1440 to 1540 that uh, brought about the most far-reaching and intellectual revolution in our history. This revolution later ages are referred to as the Renaissance. There were three powerful factors that brought about this transformation. The first, about uh, 1440, was the invention of a printing press that used movable type. Before this, books had been expensive and handwritten products that could only be read in libraries or in the homes of wealthy collectors. And now that printing was a fast-growing industry, scholars and students could buy their own copies of mass-produced works and exchange their own ideas with each other. And the second event added significantly to the number of books available. 1453, the great city of Constantinople, capital of the Eastern Christian Empire, was captured by Muslim Turks after a 53-day siege. Among the citizens who fled from this invasion were leading intellectuals who took with them several of their precious ancient texts. Boundaries of a academic debate now widen and embrace both newly available religious and philosophical thinking and reinterpretation of traditional beliefs. And the third event was an even more radical understanding of Christian truth. About 1520, thinkers and preachers in various parts of Europe began to challenge various aspects of Orthodox Church teaching. This became known as the Reformation combination of these influences and not forgetting the pagan superstition which was felt by people at all levels of society produced a large array of ideas and beliefs that led to various debate and widespread persecution and eventually to war and the first factory creating this new thinking was north italy scholars working in universities such as florence and bologna or in the households of wealthy patrons merchant princes and rulers of city states or senior ecclesiastics much involved in studying the works of classical antiquity, the great philosophers, poets, and historians of Greece and Rome who were the founders of the, their own culture. When the refugees from Constantinople arrived, uh, they also brought, as uh, along with their own uh, religious, poetic, and historical writings, writings of classical authors who had been lost in the West but preserved in the East. Some of them translated into Arabic. Well, at this point in time, we've come to the end of today's show, and we'll talk more about Renaissance magic and the occult in tomorrow's show. But until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.